guest today is a contemporary artist who does not paint pretty pictures. Rather, his works, which include paintings, sculpture, installations, and photography, will prod your brain and your emotions. His work is exhibited in shows and collections across the world. But what fascinates me most is his interest in paper and books. But to find out more, let's call the artist Ravi Kumar Kashi to the show. Hi, hi. I'm glad to be here in this interview. Your book has just been selected as one of the five final entries in the Minnesota Book Center. And getting there yeah. out of 158 entries from around the world is something quite incredible, I think. Congrats, and I hope you win. I think the results are to be announced this month, if I'm right. Yes, yes. Uh, around October 23rd, they're supposed to reveal the final uh, prize winner. But uh, just being the finalist also is a, a accomplishment. And uh, yeah, I'm very glad I've uh, been there. And it is kind of recognition of my involvement in uh, bookmaking. I would like to trace your journey in this path of making paper and books. You know, you've been doing it for close to 20 years, if I'm right. And I know you make the paper by hand and then you begin to create art on those pages. But first, I would like to inform our audience that, uh, you know, Raintree Media publishes books and in one of the books, the Best of Bangalore Innovation Edition, Ravi had kindly given us an entire series to use as illustrations. And uh, I think, um, you know, it's drawn from the series In Pursuit of Happiness. And the second one, which is A Thousand Desires, is a fantastic display of 1,000 tongues. It's something remarkable that you have to see to understand why it makes such an impact on the viewer. Ravi, tell us how you got started on making paper and then how did it then lead to making artist books? My interest in handmade uh, paper started from my childhood when uh, I used to visit the Vishwasaraya Museum. They had a paper making uh, uh, you know, demonstration unit there. And then whenever I went there, I, I used to think that I will do it one day because it's very tactile and a very interesting process. Then uh, much later, when I was in Baroda, I did attend a workshop as an observer. And it was only when I went to Glasgow in 2001, I actually started learning a very methodical way of making paper. I went on a British Council scholarship. So for about uh, one semester, I was there. And my teacher, Jackie Perry, taught me all the nuances of making handmade paper from various plant fibers and all that. So that was the uh, you know, in a way, a systematic study of paper making. Book making, I was uh, using in my painting a certain kind of format where you have two sides, like a, like a magazine or a book, and I used to juxtapose images and all. Then in 2000, I made some, it had two, two sides, which was sitting like a, you know, traditional uh, book, like a holy book. And uh, I used to do that kind of work. Then I, after I came back from uh, Glasgow, I wanted to try casting of the book. So that's how that uh, connection, I had the idea of a book and then I learned paper making and then it became a paper book. But it was only when I started visiting Europe and I started seeing many more uh, uh, artists working with that form, I realized there is actually a genre which is called book art or artist books where all kinds of uh, interesting works are being done. 
so then it was it was a kind of affirmation of what i am doing even though not knowing that exact uh, genre i was already into that and then once i i knew this uh, you know discipline i started studying more of it and then my uh, artist book also became more and more innovative explorative and all that because i got to see a lot of uh, uh, interesting works in that uh, discipline and you also have been teaching people to make paper right i remember over a period of time i don't know if you still do it but i do remember a time when uh, i was very keen to come and uh, join your paper making yeah. workshop uh, do you still do that 2010 uh, uh, 11 i used to do uh, workshops in uh, weekend workshops in my studio and uh, after that i have not done many of them there are some artists like friends they come and stay with me they learn paper making and go back from other states and other places in the country they come and once in a while i do workshop with children for a dedicated two days or three days one group of children come from a school and they learn paper making with me and go other than that i go to schools i go to institutions i, I do short workshops i think it must be a phenomenal feeling to produce the paper and later on use it in your artist book I also am impressed with something that you had told me a few years ago. Um, you were talking about how you use objects in your installations that you do, and you know the objects that people use in everyday life. And you had said that you know objects actually become an extension of ourselves. If I've been using an object very often, it actually becomes an extension of myself, and it actually retains its memories and it develops a persona over a period of time. So, how did you uh, did use this, and how have you uh, used this insight in your work? Objects actually tell you a lot about what that person is. You know, if I go to somebody's house, and uh, if I'm going for the first time, and the person says, "Just wait, I will come in five minutes," or "I'll go get a coffee," and you start looking around, and if there are uh, sculptures and things in the showcase, you you start understanding what that family is about. how many people are there that are interested in sports or culture so uh, objects have the capacity to reveal something about the owner we call it revelatory character in in architecture even the houses do that so it's a visual communication uh, tool and uh, even when people do interviews they would like to decide what has to be seen in the background like now i am doing a painting and rushes to convey something about what i do otherwise and in my last uh, show solo show in 2016 which was shown in sumuka gallery which is called silent echo and then the same show also traveled to bombay in sakshi gallery i used this uh, idea a lot where uh, how does this object become a very important uh, uh, extension of a person and then as a society and for example if i am uh, uh, looking at objects of gandhi which he used and it's all kept in various museums i've done a book uh, where uh, it says uh, everything he touched so the moment gandhi touched that object it may be a microscope it may be a spoon it becomes something above normal it gets a, an aura around that and then people keep it the life of the object gets extended and the uh, character of the object gets uh, enlarged in that sense so i use this kind of ideas and also when two objects come together there is a, a third uh, meaning that starts coming right if i am arranging objects if i keep a cup of coffee and then some biscuits and book that is a, a kind of contiguous uh, narrative if i bring something else there like let's say a, a sharp knife or a, a bottle of blood or something then the whole narrative is disrupted i think that really opens up uh, the mind and the brain of the viewer and they think about possibilities 
that they may not have considered. I know you create a kind of a you know multi-dimensional uh, art. Uh, you use uh, sculpture, you use installations, you use photography. You know, tell me how that happens and why you do something like that. Basically, one of my deep fear is that I will get stuck somewhere and then go on repeating myself endlessly. That is one one fear which is operating somewhere in the background. And the second is that innate curiosity to see new. Uh, possibilities both work together so whenever i think i am very comfortable in a certain uh, space in my work and uh, it's it's becoming slightly repetitive i try to break that pattern and go and do something else maybe try if i not done sculpture i will try to do sculpture if i not done some other medium i will do that and in by in that process there are new possibilities which open up and when i go back to my painting or i go back to my anything that i was doing before it is not the same thing anymore so now it has become a habit and at, at simultaneously i'll be doing some photography project and i'm doing a painting and there are some ideas developing by a sculpture uh, so it has become a habit now interesting thing is there that some idea which you got in a photography project gets transferred into some element in painting and something from painting gets transferred into sculpture so there is a, a kind of cross pollination you can say and the whole language is enriched because of this uh, habit and uh, i think it's very crucial for my practice that i don't restrict myself to a certain window or a certain way of being defined he does only this kind of work or only this kind of uh, medium and uh, it has really opened up many many new avenues for me That's and i'll i'll continue to do it because i i really enjoy the process of uh, you know um, finding new ideas new ways of uh, uh, communicating entirely new nuances in a language and uh, that is the interesting part i think i like the way that you continually challenge yourself and push your boundaries you blossomed as a writer and you one of your books on art has also won uh, an award i think it is from the uh, karnataka lalit kala academy if i'm right so are you working on uh, any other books parallelly along with making art the flexing muscle book uh, was the result of documenting the bangalore uh, flex banners for a decade i'm documenting the images which are seen on the vehicles now so it was there earlier but i'm i'm looking at it very intently now so people put up images of bull horse and various kinds of animals and they put up statements about themselves or the society so it's almost like as we talked about the the objects revealing the owner or the the person who is handling it vehicles also says a lot about the person who is riding it uh, especially autos and uh, uh, you know taxis they 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 say something about themselves you know they want to say that they are like an elephant wherever there is a traffic they'll just go like that or they are the winners or some of the vehicles say don't touch me i will really kill you and almost that effect so it's very interesting to see how the identity is being revealed through those images which are seen on the vehicle and now there are also various uh, uh, subgroups or caste groups also they they proudly reveal who they are and then i connect that with the newspaper uh, uh, clippings which i keep doing every day how those communities are trying to get a, a fair share for themselves in in terms of the social justice and uh, you know reservations and all that so i start connecting the two then there is a, a another layer of visual uh, language that is being played out and also i am uh, documenting the the hand painted uh, images on on shops before the flex came the digital technology came uh, on on the shop somebody would go and paint actually uh whatever being sold in that shop i collect the uh, images of politicians 
how they generate images to communicate with people so maybe one of these three will become a book tell us something about the work of yours that has been uh, chosen for the mcba prize okay so the work which has gone to mcba prize uh, is called remember everything will be remembered uh, it's a palimpsest palimpsest means where the text is overwritten i already have a text i already have something then you erase it partially or fully and then you write over and above that so that is the idea of a palimpsest so i have used this idea of uh, the concept of palimpsest to talk something about what is happening around me when uh, you know the idea of secularism the idea of uh, equality is being continuously or slowly eroded or uh, redefined in a different way so i am uh, in a way concerned about that and uh, the, this particular uh, work which i had sent to the mcba it has the format of a copper plate which was uh, used earlier in the various uh, royalties and kings if they are uh, decreeing something or if they are giving some kind of uh, uh, you know donation for a charity to a temple or somebody they would write it on this copper plates and it is kept like an edict so what i am doing is as a citizen as an artist i am creating this copper plates about my time the digital technology may get erased at some point but these copper plates will remain for a longer time so i have collected the uh, news reports from the delhi riots and and then first layer of the copper plate is the our constitution uh, is one it's partially erased and on that the delhi riot uh, reports are uh, uh, etched what do you think is the role of an artist in current times should an artist live in artistic seclusion or do they need to become an activist or do they need to play some role in commenting and observing today's realities whether negative or positive because i think your work the one that we just talked about and even the flexing muscles they're kind of a commentary on what's happening around us so do you need to take a stand have you taken a stand what i feel is that uh, an artist has to be very sensitive to what is happening around him right he can't be just sitting in a shell and uh, and say i'll do my own creation and then i'm not connected to the rest of society so in that sense i am responding to what is happening around me because i see it on a daily basis and i, I am concerned i am uh, touched by it and uh, the role i am playing playing is more of a witness rather than an activist because all said and done a work of art has to succeed as a work of art and then the content also is part of that but at least for me i i don't want to play the role of an activist activist my work becomes a, a kind of witness which i am doing for my time it has political overtones because that is what is happening around me but i also touch upon other aspects which are very philosophical in my work also it's not that it is always political but this particular work happens to be so so i would see more myself more as a witness a very aware uh, witness and then trying to record this time through my work and i am under no illusion that my one work will go on change something outside the the art arena that that would be an illusion because uh, art doesn't have that kind of uh, at least you know for me that's what i feel it won't change the social reality outside so easily but it it can make people sensitive uh, it can bring these issues into you know people's mind and they let them talk about it but uh, direct change i think is little uh, difficult well that's what we can hope for that you know art and culture can become a change agent by subliminally influencing uh, mindsets Correct. and people yeah. and that's one of the reasons i keep saying again and again you know schools and parents should expose children to contemporary art because then they'll understand that art is more than drawing straight lines and painting pretty pictures 
and exactly. uh, you know yeah. i think your works would be something that would inform the young minds and open up the older minds to what's happening around us and the kind of uh, risks that one takes in expressing themselves artistically i agree with you that the the children should be made aware of the visual language because more than any time now the uh, we, we are all inundated with uh, visuals and if you are not critical about what you are seeing you can't take it passively if you are critical then you can you can make an active meaning out of that and then uh, you know receive the image which is coming through all sources including your mobile and, and everywhere so start an active engagement with visuals rather than receiving it uh, uh, passively so education in schools will be a, a route for that kind of active uh, engagement it's good to know that both of us agree on this and uh, thank you for your time ravi thank you for uh, appearing on spotlight with sandhya and uh, to our thank you thank you us i would say i hope you enjoyed this introduction to the world of contemporary artist ravi kumar kashi you can also watch the video of this interview on the raintree media youtube channel